Good morning, everybody, and welcome to worship at the Presbyterian Church of Lawrenceville. I'm going to hand that back to my son. Uh, This sanctuary, the beautiful sanctuary uh, of our congregation, uh, the pews may look empty, but I'm imagining all of the people who through the 322 years of the history of this congregation have been part of this motley crew, the, the congregation. We're joined by that great cloud of witnesses that have come before us, and they're here, You're here at some distance, but we're all assembled together as the people of God, uh, ready to worship and glorify God. So wherever you are on your journey of faith, as you are, we're really glad you're here. If there are any uh, folks joining us uh, in worship who are new to the congregation, we'd really love to welcome you online uh, using the chat feature. If you're new, just uh, put your name in the chat and uh, maybe others can can greet you and welcome you um, using that feature. We'll probably be using that extensively during uh, this uh, live cast. And by the way, I hope that we're going to do better than we did last week. Uh, Shout out to my son, Will, who worked really hard. He's our sound video tech, and uh, he got this whole system working well. Um, uh, Tom Wilfred also agreed to come, and and we're very much a skeleton crew this morning. There's the maestro, uh, Jim Moyer, at the keyboard, and it's the family von Vamus Thomas, uh, my wife, Catherine, and I. You're stuck with us for doing music. She's a professional. I'm not. Uh, we uh, thought we had a much fuller crew uh, as of yesterday afternoon before the governor shut down the whole state. Uh, so we're doing worship this way this week. It may look different next week, but by all means, please do tune in at 10 o'clock next Sunday. We will have worship in some form. So welcome. Um, okay, a few announcements. Um, uh, first of all, I really want to encourage you to invite somebody to join us. Um, you can, get, you can invite somebody to join using a simple page on our website, pclawrenceville.org slash live. And I think Kyle might put that link in, in the comments right now. Just copy that, text somebody maybe you haven't seen in worship for a while and say, hey, join us uh, for worship uh, using Facebook Live. It won't be a full hour service, a bit shorter. Uh, so please do be encouraged to invite somebody to worship with us in this forum. A few announcements. Um, Okay, you can download the bulletin if you would like to do that via our website. Go to the part of the homepage that says Featured Events and just click on the event that is this worship service for March 22. And if you click into that, there's a link for the bulletin. But uh, today we're going to actually have much of the bulletin that requires participation displayed on screen. And maybe, Will, you can sort of demonstrate what that looks like. Uh, and we really do hope that you can participate as a family, as an individual, if you're watching this. Sing out loud, sing out proud. Nobody's watching you. Uh, but please participate as the people of God in whatever way you can. And we're going to try and use that system um, uh, to en- enable people to participate. The deacons and the staff have been working really hard at trying to figure out how we can serve spiritual and material needs We've been calling, uh, at this point, staff has been calling all those who are part of the more vulnerable part of our church membership to make sure that they know we're caring about them, we're connected to them, and also want to know what their needs are. We're also assessing people who might be willing to help with those needs. And so you'll be hearing more about that uh, in the days to come. Uh, Every day, by the way, we're going to be doing um, an email called Encouraging Words, a really brief two-minute or so video that staff and other leaders will be putting out just to encourage each other. So watch for that in your email box, and you can subscribe using our website. Please do keep up your pledge if you can. That's so important to us so that we, uh, that we stay afloat and um, so that we can also 
pay the people who, whose income uh, depends upon their work here. So please mail the, the, your congrega- contributions in at this point or make electronic contributions. Actually, during the service, we'll be giving a link, or maybe Kyle can do that now if you want to make a donation via our website. Um, okay, so every Friday at noon, we have a, a real quick half-hour Zoom call just to check in about what we're doing, what the needs are, and to kind of encourage and support each other and pray for each other. So uh, you can find the Zoom address on our website if you want to join us for that. Also, we've set up a labyrinth in the graveyard over here, out in the open, so it's safe. Uh, there's uh, instructions in a, that are posted there, and so please do that sometime during the week. Walk the labyrinth. And I believe there's also a 5 o'clock Zoom call for people who are involved in worship in a new key, and maybe Kyle can give us more information about that. If I've missed anything, there's a lot of announcements, obviously, but please feel free to um, put them out there via the chat feature, any other announcement for the good of the cause. That's all I got this morning. Glad you could join us. And so now let us move from getting here, well, maybe not literally here, but (laughs) preparing ourselves spiritually to worship God together. This is a song that was uh, popularized by Alison Krauss. Uh, I don't know if she wrote it or not. It's from the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? But it's representative of country music. And so this is called Down in the River to Pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, fathers, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, fathers, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, mothers, let's go down. Come on down, don't you want to go down? Come on, mothers, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, children, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, sinners, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Friends, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, even in challenging Difficult times, let us rejoice and be glad in it. You can join us for our opening hymn, which is a familiar one, I think, to most of us, probably popularized by Cat Stevens, Um, Morning Has Broken. And we're going to sing the first two verses of that hymn, verses one and two, Morning Has Broken. If you want to stand at home, you sure can. Please join us in the singing. Thank you. 
Please be seated. We're going to read responsively Psalm 91, verses 1 through 7 and 14 through 16. Uh, So please read the bold parts at home. Uh, The few folks here are going to join me on the bold parts as well. You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, or the arrow that flies by day, or the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Those who love me, I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them, and I will show them my salvation. So this next part of worship, I think uh, we're also going to display on the screen. Um, We had an ensemble ready to sing this, but because of the governor's action, they're not able to be here today. Uh, This is one of Johnny Cash's most familiar songs. Are you able to get it on the split screen? Great. Uh, One of Johnny Cash's most familiar songs called I Walk the Line. Last Sunday, we heard another one of his most famous uh, hymn songs, uh, Ring of Fire. Now, these two things go together because this is a song about his commitment to stay faithful to his first wife, Vivian, uh, something he wasn't able to do. And so Ring of Fire is about the passion that in some ways causes us to stray from the line. Uh, And so this is really, in a way, a cautionary song in that uh, it, it was something that Uh, Johnny Cash couldn't do on his own power. Uh, He also sunk into drug abuse and depression. Uh, And it's a cautionary tale to us that we need that higher power to help us to hew to the line. These are some of the words of that song I'm going to read to you right now. I keep a close watch on this heart of mine. I keep my eyes wide open all the time. I keep the ends out for the tie that binds. Because you're mine, I walk the line. I find it very, very easy to be true. I find myself alone each day is through. Yes, I'll admit that I'm a fool for you because you're mine. I walk the line. You've got a way to keep me on your side. You give me cause for love that I can't hide. For you, I know I'd even try to turn the tide. Because you're mine, I walk the line. Let us pray. Merciful God, your son modeled leadership and servanthood for us, but we confess that we have elevated our desires and plans over your will for our lives and for your world. We want authority and power to use for our own purposes, especially when so much feels out of control. Forgive us for our half-hearted devotion and our double-minded attention to your way. Remind us you desire servants first and foremost. Remind us of the ties that bind us one to another. Enable us to serve in the name of Jesus, the one who came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We take a moment to lift up our own personal prayers of confession. 
in the silence. It is in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I would invite you to stand in body or in spirit, that may be in spirit today, as we truly seek to hear this good news. Friends, this is the good news. There is no ranking in God's kingdom. God graces everyone with the same gifts. Mercy, restoration, and new life. God has kept the covenant. We have been forgiven. We have been made new people, not just some of us, but all of us. Thanks be to God. Amen. So I have a message for the children out there. Um, that's okay. I, can, uh, um, I hope that there are some children who have gathered with their family to participate in worship, but really this is a message for the child in us all. Um, I wanted to, first of all, say some of the children there, and you know what, certainly the adults too, may feel scared during this time. It's a weird time because you're not able to be with your friends, you're cooped up in the house probably most of the time, Uh, and so it's okay to be scared um, a little bit, certainly to be a bit sad about all those other things. Um, But when I think about what's happening now, I think about what happened a a good long time ago before any of the children would have been born. It happened on September 11, 2001. Something really awful happened. A plane hit some buildings, a lot of people died, there were a lot of children scared. And I remember watching um, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Uh, There's a show that's based on his characters called Tiger Something. I can't remember what it is. Maybe you can put it in the comments there. Uh, But Mr. Rogers was really good at talking to kids. And he said, you know what? If you're scared and you want to be comforted and you want to feel hope, just look at the people helping and you'll feel better. Um, And so I want to make that suggestion to all of us that we look at the people helping. One of my favorite scripture lessons, and I had it open in the Bible up there, and I forgot to bring it with me, is from the first letter of John, chapter 3. And this this person who wrote this letter, his name was John, or at least that's what we think his name was, he said, no one's ever seen God. God's invisible, we can't hear God, we can't see God. But if we love one another, God comes inside, we know God inside ourselves. Um, God abides in us, God lives in us. And so it's a really wonderful way to think about how we experience God. We experience God by helping other people, by loving other people. So you can be one of the people who helps, too. And maybe that's just being able to have a good attitude for part of the day, (laughs) and that's good enough. But you know what? Maybe you have grandparents, and they wouldn't mind a call from you. You cannot know how much that would mean to them to call. Or somebody in the congregation that you and your parents know Uh, maybe an older member of the congregation, if you called them, that would make such a huge difference and that would be really helpful. Um, So no one's ever seen God. But if we love each other and are kind, that's when God lives in us. So I want you to think about that. And maybe as a family, um, if if you can, uh, talk about that around your dinner table or lunch table. Thanks for taking a moment to listen to me. Our scripture lesson this morning is from the Old Testament book, Jeremiah, chapter 29, verses 1 through 14. Let us listen for God's word to us. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles, and to the priests, the prophets, 
and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jeconiah and the queen mother, the court officials, the leader of Judah and Jerusalem, the artisans and the smiths had departed from Jerusalem. The letter was sent by the hand of Elasa, son of Shaphan and Gemara, son of Hilkiah, whom King Zechariah of Judah sent to Babylon, to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. It said, Thus said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, said the Lord. For thus said the Lord, Only when Babylon's seventy years are completed will I visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For surely I know that the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for your harm, to give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me, said the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um. This is another song I'm going to just read the, the lyrics to, and, and Will, I think uh, we have those on the document, and we can put them on the split screen. It's a song that was uh, sung by Johnny Cash on his Live from Folsom Prison uh, album. It was written by Curly Putnam, and as uh, I have said in a previous sermon, we're, we're reflecting to some degree on country music, and it is very much true that so much of country music tells a story. So this is a very vivid story. Um, that's contained in this song, Green, Green Grass of Home, and I will read the lyrics. The old hometown looks the same as I step down from the train, and there to meet me is my mama and papa. Down the road I look, and there runs Mary, hair of gold and lips like cherries. It's good to touch the green, green grass of home. Yes, they'll all come to meet me, arms reaching, smiling sweetly. It's good to touch the green, green grass of home. The house is still standing, though the paint is cracked and dry, and there's that old oak tree that I used to play on. Down the lane I walk with my sweet Mary, hair of gold and lips like cherries. It's good to touch the green, green grass of home. Then I awake and look around me at four gray walls that surround me, and I realize, yes, I was only dreaming. For there's a guard and there's a sad old padre, arm in arm we'll walk at daybreak, Then again, I touch the green, green grass of home. 
Yes, they'll all come to see me in the shade of that old oak tree as they lay me neath the green, green grass of home. Let us pray. O come, Holy Spirit, come as the fire and burn. Come as the wind and cleanse. Come as the light and reveal. Come as the water and refresh. Holy One, convict us and convert us and consecrate us until we are holy and completely yours. Amen. Lent, the season that we're in right now, is a time of wandering in the wilderness. It's a time when we remember, for example, the people of Israel um, uh, escaping from the hell of slavery in Egypt and wandering 40 years in the desert before looking forward to the promised land. It's the, it's the time in between those things, a time of waiting. We might think of Lent as a time of purgatory. And before you, know, you conjure images of that place where infants go before they're baptized, that's not something we believe as Reformed people. Um, Dante popularized ideas about purgatory in his time. See, you're not here to prevent me from talking about Dante, so I'm, I'm going to do that this morning. Um, but purgatory is not a, necessarily a bad place. Purgatory essentially is heaven. Because everybody who gets into purgatory... Uh, essentially gets there. Um, It's the place of waiting for that destination that is ultimately our home. It's a place where we do the work, the spiritual work that heaven requires, the place where you long for home. That song whose lyrics I just read is a song about that, longing for home. Uh, And uh, It tells the story, of course, of a man envisioning going back home. I really like the fact that Joan Baez adds a line at the end of that song, and it goes like this. This is Joan Baez's version of the green, green grass of home. Yes, we'll all be together in the shade of the old oak tree when we meet beneath the green, green grass of home. As if ultimately this is the place we're all waiting for, And the song is about the fact that all of us, we're not home. We're waiting in the wilderness, in purgatory. Today's sermon is third in a sermon series that I've been calling Redemption. Uh, From point A to point B and everything in between, we've been talking about the music and life of Johnny Cash. We've been talking about country music. Every song tells a story. And we've been sort of meditating on the 12 steps of Alcoholic, Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, as of last Sunday, we got up to the ninth step. Uh, and today I'm not going to say too much about the 10th and 11th step, but really they represent, I think, this in-between time, time in the wilderness, time when we're waiting, purgatory when we have to constantly check in with our faults in relation to our higher power, the need for our higher power to change us. It's the long slog when we seek to know the will of God for our lives. And that's what we do in the wilderness, in the purgatory where we do our waiting, the spiritual work that comes with our longing for home. So that's what it was for sure for those people, the people of Israel in the 6th century B.C. And I want to talk the rest of this sermon about Jeremiah 29. I, I mentioned this in, a, in one of the encouraging word, in the first encouraging word videos that we put out this past week. And the context of that scripture, uh, Jeremiah 29, is 
something horrible happened to the people of Israel. They were overtaken militarily by the Babylonians. The best and the brightest of their population were forced to live in the swamps of Babylon. Psalm 139, by the rivers of Babylon, there we wept and there we remembered Zion. Most of us are familiar with that line. And the false prophets, of which Jeremiah speaks in this passage, are, they're basically saying, you know, don't worry. It'll only be a few months and we'll be back home. It's all under control. These are the same false prophets who said before the Babylonians overtook the land that nothing bad would ever happen to them because they were, after all, the people of God. How could this possibly happen to us, false prophets like Hananiah? All of it kind of an excuse to deal with the idolatry and social inequality that weakened the Israelite society. And so they were eaten up like chocolate-covered cherries by the Babylonians. But the unthinkable did happen. Just as Jeremiah warned them, the people were unfaithful, the national character was weak, and they had strayed from the founding principles of God's law. The unthinkable did happen. As I mentioned in that brief video, I think this text is useful in our own reflecting on this particular time in our history as a country and as a world. Didn't we all think a couple of weeks ago, even just a couple of weeks ago, that this could never happen to us, a pandemic um, here in America? That, that's a thing of the past. And yet here it is upon us. And we all want it to be over. I certainly want it to be over. But I think we have to calibrate our expectations here. There are many people who are saying it might not be over soon, to be sure. And it might get worse before it gets better. We're going to have to live here for a while. So this is Jeremiah's advice, the opposite of those false prophets, in a letter that he sends to the exiles there in Babylon. He says, don't listen to the false prophets. Um, this is what you ought to do. Build homes. Plant vineyards. And by the way, vineyards take a long time to bear fruit. Marry off your sons and your daughters. Make a life here. Seek the peace, and here the word is shalom, that holistic sense of well-being. Seek the peace of the city where I have sent you into exile, for in its peace you will find your peace. There's something for the people to learn there in exile as they long for home. Now, the irony for us is, of course, you know, uh, we feel like we're in exile, and we can't leave our home. It's not about being home. It's about... Uh, the fact that we're quarantined within our homes, which feels like exile. And maybe then the question for us is, how do we do that in the present time? Seek the peace that this moment might have to offer us. Here's a question I think we all ought to think about. What do we have to learn from this time together, this purgatorial time of waiting? Think about this. When it's over, what will we say we have learned? And when it's over, what will we say we have done? Will we say that we bought too much toilet paper? Um, we ourselves participated in that sort of hoarding? Um, or perhaps, and maybe in addition, we might say that we learned something about what it means to be the people of God, the body of Christ, 
here and now. You know, this past Friday I read David Brooks's column. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, and he talks about, you know, why did it take a crisis like this for us to discover in some ways who we are? And he's sort of talking about how this moment might help us to discover something that he calls social solidarity, a recommitment to the common good. Is it possible that when all of this is over, whenever it is, we might say to ourselves, we never want to be that divided. We never want to have that kind of toxicity in our politics. Is it possible that somehow this brought out the worst in us? Maybe it already has. But is it possible that it's also brought out the best in us? Jeremiah's advice to the captives in Babylon is to find the hope in their currently awful situation. And it was awful. They'd lost their language, their culture, their freedom. To find the hope in the present moment. I feel like I've learned a lot from Buddhism. I feel like I've become a better Christian for hanging out with the Buddhists. And they have this great doctrine. It kind of boils down to this. If we live in the future, it's a great recipe for suffering. If we're thinking about, you know, just getting through this and it'll be okay tomorrow. What that does is it prevents us from living in the only place that we have to live, the present. So how do we find the hope here and now? You know, Jeremiah is saying that God has not abandoned the people of God. The people of God abandoned him, God. And so it's all about finding the hope in the present. And I want to just point out a few signs of hope that I see. Um, the, the work of the deacons who are working so hard to catalog the needs of members of our church and of our community and connecting those with people willing to help out and to serve. Um, the connections that people are making through our community together. Electronically, in this case, um, I've become so familiar with Zoom now, and what a gift that is. A, a daily video that we're trying to put out called Encouraging Word that we really hope will encourage you. All the creative ways that people are finding solidarity with each other. This week I read about a woman who had to shelter in place by herself, an, old, an elderly woman who was stuck in her home, had to shelter in place. And two kids from the neighborhood held a cello concert on her front porch. I want to ask you online um, if you have ideas. Put them in the comment section. What ideas do you have, creative ideas, for finding hope in the present moment? Because it seems to me that's what we're about. And you know what? It may be you can't help. All you can do is... Sort of just be in the present moment. And you know what? That's okay too. I want to end with a poem. It's a somewhat long poem, but I think it's well worth reading. It was written by Brother Richard Hendrick, a Capuchin Franciscan brother, and it's called Lockdown. Yes, there is fear. Yes, there is isolation. Yes, there is panic buying. Yes, there is sickness. Yes, there is even death. But they say that in Wuhan, after so many years of noise, you can hear the birds again. They say that after just a few weeks of quiet, the sky is no longer thick with fumes, but blue and gray and clear. They say that in the streets of Assisi, people are singing to each other across the empty squares keeping their windows open so that those who are alone may hear the sounds of family around them. 
They say that a hotel in the west of Ireland is offering free meals and delivery to the housebound. Today, a young woman I know is busy spreading flyers with her number through the neighborhood so that the elders may have someone to call on. Today, churches, synagogues, mosques, and temples are preparing to welcome and shelter the homeless, the sick, the weary. All over the world, people are slowing down and reflecting. All over the world, people are looking at their neighbors in a new way. All over the world, people are waking up to a new reality, to how big we really are, to how little control we really have, to what really matters, to love. So we pray and we remember that, yes, there is fear, but there does not have to be hate. Yes, there is isolation, but there does not have to be loneliness. Yes, there is panic buying, but there does not have to be meanness. Yes, there is sickness, but there does not have to be disease of the soul. Yes, there is even death, but there can always be a rebirth of love. Wake to the choices you make as to how to live now, today. Breathe. Listen, behind the factory noises of your panic, the birds are singing again. The sky is clearing. Spring is coming. And we are always encompassed by love. Open the windows of your soul. And though you may not be able to touch across the empty square, sing. Amen. I invite you to join in singing our middle hymn. It's different from what we had said in the bulletin, if you're looking at that. We're going to sing the first two verses of, if you have the hymnal, it's 281 in the blue hymnal. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. But we're going to display the words on the screen there, I think. Well, so the first two verses of 281, guide me, O thou great Jehovah. If you care to stand up, that is traditionally what we do when we affirm our faith. And today we're going to do that using perhaps the most familiar affirmation of faith, the Apostles' Creed. Let us say it together. 
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. As I say the prayers on behalf of the whole church, I would invite any of you, either during the prayer, although maybe um, you could focus on the prayer, but at some point you're invited to offer any prayer concerns that you might have for yourself, for the world, and for your neighbors. And so let us take a moment to be in prayer together. Let us pray. Holy One, we trust that you are here. First and foremost, we trust that you are both here and everywhere, as you have always been. We may be more aware of that now more than ever, as our worship travels over airwaves rather than pews. In these weeks, so much is different as we all wrestle with the unexpected to varying degrees of success. We are reminded of how much is out of our mere human control. And that scares us. Those we love and the world over are dealing with loss of life, loss of income, loss of typical boundaries as we live our days primarily at home in a different way. Lord, help us find grace with one another when nerves are raw and patience thin. Help us remember even in this time of uncertainty when plans and hopes are postponed and broken that even there you are with us our rock, and our redeemer. You are the friend calling, the frozen soup on the doorstep, the unmute button on the Zoom meeting call, the hospital staff that steps out their front door for work, the laughter of a child or from a funny meme, the cold nose of a pet. We live in this paradox of beautiful days, that beckon us to be together, yet we do so from afar. And so, Lord, we ask you to hold it all during these mixed-up days. Hold our fears, our frustrations, our grief. Lift our joys, our blessings, our hopes. We ask these things as we now offer our own personal silent prayers. Loving God, we pray in the strong name of Jesus Christ and with his prayer, <coughs> saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
In this Lenten season, we are invited to re-examine our use of all the resources and abilities that God entrusts to our care. And so, as we hear this offertory music that uh, the maestro will play, we ask that you might consider the wonderful works in Christ to the whole world in which you have benefited. We also encourage you at this time uh, to think about giving online. I think Kyle is going to offer a website URL where you can actually do that if you wish to do. Let's just take a moment to think about all that we're grateful for as we consider our offering to God. Jesus said, my peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The peace of the Lord be with you and and also also with you. Online, uh, please share a sign of peace with your neighbor. Um, You know, I don't know if there's an emoji for that, uh, but uh, please know. Okay, peace be with you. Let us now uh, sing together our closing hymn, Uh, and I think we're going to sing all four verses of uh, All Who Love and Serve Your City. I hope you can see it. It's a little small, I think, uh, online there, but please do the best you can and sing with us. Sing out loud, sing out proud there at home.
People of God, wherever you are, know how much God loves you and seek the peace of this moment, the city to which God has sent us. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship and community of the Holy Spirit be ours both now and forevermore. And let the people of God say, Amen.